0: education we have to talk about it right now because we are going to be very soon sending our kids back to school and in in a lot of states including the state where I live in New Jersey most of the kids are going to be going back to the classroom and just like everything this thing with critical race theory is the same thing with affirmatively furthering fair housing conservatives more often than not find themselves reacting this is not. This is not an attack on 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 any of my friends or any of my colleagues, but we find ourselves reacting because again, if, I always say, if people don't like, if people don't like, um, the phrase or the word conservative, then think of preservative. When you are trying to preserve something, that is the Constitution. That is limited government that is the purpose let's say of education you are up when you are up against people trying to change things and look not all change is bad but change for its sake is that we're never supposed to debate because change is just supposed to be happening that's not true some things ought not change that's why we establish traditions and institutions, and in some cases habits. When you arrive at something that is functioning properly, and that's not to say it shouldn't face intellectual competition. Somebody says, well, I got an idea how to do this better. And we say, eh, we're not so sure about that. We're going to keep doing it the way we've been doing it. Just just to look at the world to say, to keep doing things the way you've been doing them is in essence ignorant it's not forward thinking well just because you're presenting a change that doesn't mean change does not mean merely because it ex- it is proposed that it is beneficial i'll give you an example if we look at the way we determine adulthood in this country society has kind of settled on a few milestones in our life. Age of majority, well, age of consent and age of majority. Age to which somebody may serve in the military, age to which someone may consume alcohol. If somebody came along and said, you know, this thing with the age of consent is discriminatory. Who are we? Who are we to judge a relationship between a 13-year-old girl in a 43 year old man. What if they love each other? What if they're right for one another? Who are we to Most people would react and go, "What are you talking about? 13 year old girls should not be romantically involved with 43 year old men." And you might be able to point to some other society where that's acceptable, well just because they do it doesn't make it right. And if we are going to for lack of a better way of looking at it, cling to our belief that the age of consent should be in the the, the height of the teenage years, which with with our current society, it seems like people are getting more immature as time goes on, not more mature. There was a time when when you graduated high school, you were prepared for adult life. And if you went on to college, it was a bonus, or you went into the military. But for the most part, for a large portion of the population, by the time they graduated high school, they were they were looking at life as an adult. That meant going into the workforce, purchasing a home, and starting a family. And over the generations, we've kind of pushed that further and further and further down the road to the point where we're celebrating 50-year-old women who are having their first child. And I'm not going to get involved in any judgment there. I'm just saying it seems like for millions of people, maturity comes later. But we looked at age of consent and said, you know, where's the right time to allow people in our society to make these, these decisions that may involve bringing little people into the world or at least the practice thereof? And we've, we've kind of drawn a line. And below that is a thing called statutory rape. That doesn't mean the person was violently raped. That doesn't mean they didn't give consent. We as a society determined that that person was not of the age to give consent to somebody above a certain age, and that's where we are. Are we wrong if we say the next person that comes down the line, writes a paper, creates a project that says, well, you know, now wait a second. This is unfair to so many people. People Love is love, right? Love wins. Love is love. Any love is good love. Love wins. Why do you hate love? And next thing you know, there's another stripe on that rainbow flag. We're going to have LGBTQAI. Now there's pansexual, non-binary. There's a new flag for that. It's purple, gray, and black. One of the most popular videos that I've ever written and produced for Blaze TV involves the left trying to normalize pedophilia. I think it's got millions of views by now. And all I used was, you know, articles from the New York Times and other outlets. But this is how this stuff happens. And now here we are with education. Because Nicole Hannah-Jones created 1619, who the hell are we to not wish to import it? into our government-run schools alongside critical race theory. The question really should be, who the hell is she and why do we have to listen to her? When did this one person or handful of academics like Ibram X. Kendi and Robin DiAngelo come along and say, well, we're now the central authority. We are the beholders of the morality of society and education. And if you don't follow our dictates, well, there's going to be trouble. Now it's true, conservatives have been pushing school choice for generations. But again, that's still a reaction. So right now, we have to look at the things these, these Democrats want to do to our government-funded schools and say, you know what, we might have to agree to disagree You can teach whatever the hell you want. You're just not going to do it on our dime. This is why we need school choice. This is why we need to eliminate the Department of Education. We need to eliminate the Department of Education. Then we need to push it back to the states and the counties. And then ultimately, since education is not mentioned in the Constitution, to the people. Wine 695 Patriot 9572874. I want you to listen to the president of the American Federation of Teachers, one of the largest, most powerful unions in America. And if you want to know why the teachers' union is perhaps the most powerful union in America, it's because all of their members are government employees whose salaries are guaranteed. By the taxpayer in every single district in America. Play Cut 3. Mark my words, our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense fund ready to go, and we are preparing for litigation as we speak. So this is now real history. Nicole Hannah Jones is the sole bearer of the history of our nation. And we are not allowed to have any questions about this. She is; she has now presented this work not as a historian, as a journalist, and any historians who have fact-checked 1619 have shown it to be complete bogus. The United States was not founded on white supremacy and slavery. Slavery was a global condition. It was not just the United States that saw conquests from Europe. Christopher Columbus actually didn't land in what we know as the colonies. And the reason why people from Mexico South speak Spanish has nothing to do with American conservatism. They were conquered by the conquistadors y six ninety five patriot 957 2874 So now we're not allowed to have any questions. The teachers union, the bosses, have decided this is now the real history. And you know what the truth is? And I'm not trying to insult anyone. I know several government school teachers. Many of these people just want to do their job and they aren't very political but there it is it really is a resistance is futile when you work for a big corporate structure like government run education and it is a corporate structure make no mistake you are told what to teach by and large it's funny how because the hard left controls education in places where you might have more conservative taxpayers if a if a teacher goes rogue, they'll say that's academic freedom. But if a teacher were to go rogue, let's say against a progressive agenda in the classroom, they would say, you're just going to do as you're told, or you're going to be out of the union, bub. Here's potato chips. Potato chips is defending Nicole Hannah-Jones. Cut four. Question on Nicole Hannah-Jones, who passed up a position at UNC, who will be teaching down the road at Howard. Um, She said this morning that it took protest, the threat of legal action, um, all this just to get to a 9-4 vote. What does Biden make of the UNC process and her decision? And is this an example of the systemic racism that he promised to heal? Well, I have not spoken with the president about the decision on tenure by uh, by the institution in North Carolina. I will say that the students at Howard are quite lucky to have her as a professor and in their in their family. Uh, But I think there's no question that um, there is continues to be systemic racism in our country. Uh, We see that uh, in a range of sectors, including in some learning institutions. Uh, But uh, the president, that's why the president is continuing to make racial equity and addressing racial equity as a central priority uh, and crisis that he would like to address and focus on as president. I think we, you know, I think I'm going to have to spend some time on this more uh and on blaze tv bringing back up as i did years ago john dewey and the complete works of john dewey more specifically democracy and education and john dewey who is the grandfather of american government-run education really believed that education was not there to empower the individual. To create a self-sustaining, independent young person who was able to think critically—and make no mistake, critical race theory has nothing to do with critical thinking—and even when you hear a leftist say critical thinking, they don't really mean critical thinking; they mean critical submission. John Dewey wrote extensively about how children cannot be individuals; they cannot have their own dreams; that that classrooms should build consensus consensus if you're doing if you're doing math some of the students are going to be right some of the students are going to be wrong there is no consensus there's no arguing over the outcome of what is what is 2 plus 2 equal if you build a consensus against 2 plus 2 you 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 get a majority of the students to agree it equals 5 It doesn't equal five because democratically you decided it equals five. Two plus two equals four. And that's what we're experiencing right now with this critical race theory stuff. They're essentially saying history is going to be subject to a new consensus and we are going to build that consensus. And the consensus says that America is racist. It was built on racism. It remains racist to this day. It's not whether or not they have the truth. Hannah Nicole Jones does not. Nicole Hannah Jones does not have the truth. That's been proven. Critical race theory has many holes in it. For example, the success of Asian Americans. Which, by the way, I found an old, an old piece on how Hannah Nicole Jones, Nicole Hannah Jones, excuse me, completely dismisses Asian success which is why we now refer to that as white adjacent. But if the structure of the United States places white people in the most premium of privileged position, how would Americans who are of Asian descent, which makes them people of color, be per capita more successful than any other group of people? Well, the way around that is you just deny that they're people of color and you call them white adjacents. Winesick 695 Patriot 9572874 we are right they are wrong that's the end of the story the arguments on this radio program cannot be broken serious xm patriot